Thank you so much for watching The Last of Us You and Me podcast, a companion podcast for the HBO show, The Last of Us. I'm your host, Sancho West, and this is a review and breakdown for the episode, When We Are In Need. I gotta say, I don't know. I don't know if there's something wrong with me, or I don't know if it was the mood I was in. But this was one of those episodes that it basically stuck to the video game track. And, you know, was good. But I don't know what I was expecting from it. It literally followed mostly the beat from beat from the video game. Again, if this is your first time watching this podcast, we talk about the differences that occurs between the video game and the HBO show. And I've played through this game before. And, of course, we try to avoid spoilers not only for this game for The Last of Us Part 1, but for The Last of Us Part 2. And, man, I just got to say, my overall review from this episode, yes, it was nice to see Troy Baker get away out of the voice acting booth and get himself as a face acting role. It was very nice to see him play the role of James. And the David actor himself was creepy, but I think my main problem for this entire episode is when so far throughout the HBO show, we've run in through factions where they're like, they all believe that they're doing the right thing. Granted, David's factions is totally doing the wrong thing, but it is so sadistic that it's not at the fault of the people of David is David is just a very bad dude. This man is feeding people to his people and using the Bible as a front, which is a very sad thing because when he reveals himself that he has a violent heart, there's no sympathy in this character. Granted, in the video game as well, David, played by Nolan North, who does the voice of Drake from Uncharted, there's no sympathy as well. And I would have to say that I really did enjoy Nolan North's performance of David as a lot more so than the TV show character. Because granted, Nolan North's voice is very creepy. And especially at that one scene at the very end between that battle of David and Ellie, that creepiness comes out more so than in the show. Now, like I mentioned, this is sticking to the video game track beat for beat. There are a couple of changes but I feel that because this episode has zero kind of connection between Joel and Ellie for majority of it, and that is what so far has been the strength of the HBO show. And another strength is showing you more of the world of what is that we didn't see during our playthrough of The Last of Us Part 1. This episode opens up with a kind of a kind of look at what's going on with David and his world and his faction. And you see that David is preaching to his people in a very church-like way inside the mess hall. And I'm thinking, great, I'm about to dive into David to see what makes David tick. And it is a bummer that Kathleen and Perry in those episodes in Kansas City got more love, so to speak, in terms of screen time, more so than David, by far the Last of Us Part 1's biggest villain. And I think to me that is a disservice. And I think now we're getting to feel the, the feel of the, the squeeze of having a limited show run. And granted, I, I got to understand, you know, if you're looking at a business standpoint to it, does HBO know that The Last of Us is going to be a surefire bet? No. If it was, it would have had definitely more episodes to work with. We're condensing a huge, like, 10, 12-hour game into nine episodes. And 
The concern started to build up as we got further and further along, and we only were running low on episodes. And looking at the run times of those episodes, you're like, okay, how can they cover the most pivotal moments in the game with few episodes and little minutes of runtime? And I really did feel it in this episode that I saw that this episode should have been a two-parter. It should have been drawn out. I would have loved this episode to spend more time with David and David's people because regardless of how bad David is, the whole goal from The Last of Us is to show that not all bad people are black and white. It's all gray. But unfortunately, David's people and David himself are just cast as plain bad dudes, bad people, except the people that don't know what's going on. And I wish we didn't get that reveal so quickly. We got a lot of nuances or a lot of subtleties that David's doing some bad things, allowing his people to eat other people. And you're like, ooh, that's gross. But imagine if we didn't get that swerve, or not necessarily swerve, we didn't dip our toe into that pool so quickly, and instead we got to see who David was. Maybe we get to, like, even, let's see, David before the pandemic. I really do feel that they did some great things in this show when we go off the video game track, but as soon as we were running out of time, I feel like we literally did everything for the video game beat for beat. Now, that's not to say this entire episode was bad. We got to somewhere, and eventually, we got to the best part of this entire episode of Joel coming in, holding Ellie, while Ellie, right after just doing the deed and destroying David, Joel confronts Ellie and holds her, and they embrace, and Joel finally says, baby girl, which was something that he called his daughter, and that for him for to be able to express himself that way was a very powerful moment. I would say more so powerful than the game. In the game, he confronts her when Ellie is literally mid-act of what she did to David. And here in the show, Ellie gets out of the of the mess hall that's burning down, and Joel confronts her on the outside, and for just for some reason, the scene works. Now, of course, throughout this episode, Joel was sidelined throughout the entire time. But like I said, I don't think this episode was, this, this took a shortcut to what it could have been. And I think that the biggest thing about this episode is that it did David a huge disservice. We had a prime opportunity to see a multi-layer David beyond in what the video game presented. Because my biggest criticism of The Last of Us Part 1 was that the video game had to end up being in an ending of a video game boss. Not necessarily the exact end of the game, but we did not need a boss fight between David and Ellie. It kind of felt out of place, felt very uncharted, and did not feel or fit the kind of mode or kind of the environment that The Last of Us Part 1 was building. So when it gets to that portion of the game, you're like, what am I about to do, a boss fight? This is creepy. So when the show was presented the same opportunity, when it decided to go down the same track, I was like, ah, man, I wanted to know more about David. I got more about Kathleen than I did about David. Not necessarily knocking against the character of Kathleen, but we spent so much good chunks in the beginning of the show that we could have used more on this side. Henry and Sam should have been one episode. But granted, I understand there's more of a, I guess, emotional impact in Henry and Sam because it is supposed to be a parallel of Joel and Ellie's relationship versus 
David? Like, do we want to see depth to David? I kind of did. And that, to me, I think was the only miss in this entire episode was that he stuck to the book, and that's what we got. So let's go ahead and go down through the plot of this episode just to go beat for beat. Any notes that I notice, things of that sort will be revealed during this time. And, of course, we're going to get more into the spoiler-heavy kind of part of this episode. And then I will tell you the differences between the game and the show itself. But one right off the bat, like I mentioned, shout out to Shout out to Joel, uh, Troy Baker, a.k.a. they call him Video Game Joel. Shout out to Troy Baker. Had a great performance. I think he was like, I can't imagine being Troy Baker and trying to fight not to sound like Joel. A little bit higher in the voice. But uh, there was always some things on the internet about Perry who the actor plays Tommy. You could hear Tommy in Perry's voice, the character's Perry's voice. Now, here's the one thing as well that I found that was quite interesting to see that Ellie was literally facing video game Joel and her reaction to him calling Buddy Boy was quite hilarious. Now, the biggest change right off the bat between the video game and the show is that in the video game, Ellie doesn't necessarily get like doesn't take one conversation. And now, granted, in the show, Ellie and David are not trusting each other and in the video game, there's this whole action sequence where there's a horde mode that goes down. Both Ellie and David are holding down in the sawmill. There's like infected. There's a lot of people. There's a big bloater that shows up. So there's so much action that happens. And through that action, David gains Ellie's trust because they fight together. Because the show has been kind of editing or nixing a lot of the action sequences, I wondered going into this episode, will this be an episode where they do not cover that chord mode moment where they are bunkered down and working together and it looks like the show bypassed it. And you may be wondering what they replaced it with. Well, in the show's story, the person that Joel killed at the university was someone's father or a member of David's community. And David's community knew who Joel was, and they were looking for a little girl in Joel. That came back to them. So when David confronts Ellie, or David and James confront Ellie in the show over a deer, they already know who she was. And instead of capturing her, they instead try to let her go. But David reveals his hand because when James came back after you have a nice little dialogue between David and James about religion in a post-apocalyptic world, James, a.k.a. Troy Baker, holds her at gunpoint. David tells her to put the gun down. And this is just a weird thing. And I agree with Troy Baker's characters. Why would you let her go? But obviously it's later revealed that David has other uses for Ellie, which is quite nefarious and quite nasty. But... That is the difference between the game and the show. And I really do believe that this episode could have used that action sequence just a little bit. You could really feel the infected missing in this show this moment. Because like I mentioned, it was that action moment that you see the two characters gain their trust. Instead, we skip that and we get to the point where David goes back with a deer to James and then now you're getting the sense of another scene where David is saying that he's the father to this fatherless little girl who lost her dad to Joel. One thing before I move on is you kind of get the sense of a lot of Easter eggs, or I would like to say planting seeds for the last of this part too. 
Remember, when The Last of Us Part 1 was released back in 2013, Naughty Dog had zero really intention of releasing a sequel. They didn't know what they had on their hands. They knew it was good, but they didn't know how it would be received, not only critically, but in terms of sales, financially, so to speak. Critically, Naughty Dog is always known to put on bangers worth of games. However, sometimes this is a big risk for them. You go, let's go back to 2013. They're making Uncharted. They're doing really well. They split their studio for the first time, and they make Uncharted 3, and a, a small group of developers from Naughty Dog go off to make The Last of Us. There's even an Easter egg from The Last of Us in a newspaper in a bar in Uncharted 3. Later in the video game, that same bar appears in The Last of Us. However, so they do the split. They give resources to Neil and his team. And all of a sudden, they produce this hit. And now, now this hit is growing like the Cordyceps. And all of a sudden, they have an opportunity to make a sequel. So what is happening now in the show, now that there's already established two games, and now we already know that season two is coming around the corner for that Last of Us HBO show, what we've been seeing as a lot of the people who have been playing the game is that the writers, or Neil and Craig, are kind of laying the foundation to what happens to Ellie later on. They already talked about it in the kind of like the show after the show, the little quick little blurb that Craig said that they added a line to this episode where David tells Ellie, you have a violent heart, and I see that. And we get to see the capabilities of Ellie's violence could lead her to. So, in this moment... You're seeing another foundational brick being laid, talking about Joel's actions leading to something bad happening to both Joel and Ellie. Not going to go too much beyond that, but keep that in mind when we do The Last of Us, You and Me for season two. Another quite little small change is that Ellie holds Joel, uh, holds James, well, Troy Baker, holds James and David at bow point in the game versus a rifle in the show. Also, they didn't have a kind of, I thought they would have an Easter egg for the fans. For those who don't know, there was a girl in the community named Nega Oryx, where she had a fun viral moment where she says, that's the cutest rabbit I ever seen. And then the arrow takes out the rabbit and then she reacts. That's something that's been in Last of Us. You've probably seen the meme if you never played the game, but they could have had that moment when I saw the rabbit, but they didn't. Like I mentioned, they skipped the horde sequence, and this is another moment that has been a big criticism in the show from the gamer's point of view, is that a lot of action is being bypassed with the story. And normally, and throughout this entire podcast, I've never really felt that. I never felt that it was a problem. I felt like skipping a lot of the unnecessary action was meaningful, but I think here could have been a little bit of action, just a hair. You know, infection... Maybe a bloater, maybe not as much as a bloater. Once again, I personally do believe that the bloaters are definitely out of place in this HBO world. That was one of my criticism points when during the cul-de-sac battle. And here is, like I mentioned, another foundation. But one of the things that I didn't like, as that I did like as a Texan, is Ellie discovers that David's people has tracked her. This is after the scene at the mess hall where David, you know, slaps a little girl, and we like, oh, this dude's not good. When Ellie gives Joel a knife, it reminds me, in Texas history here, uh, when James Bowie defended himself when he was sick inside of the chapel in the Alamo. This is very you know tall tale stuff from Texas history, but that knife definitely reminded me of James Bowie and Joel Miller being the same. 
And as you can see, David's men shows up. Joel shows up with the first shiv that I've seen in the HBO show officially. I would like to say, and it was a clean shiv, by the way. Ellie gets captured. Troy Baker actually captures Ellie, which is kind of funny in my mind. And this is where we finally get to see Joel. Joel, again, throughout this entire episode, is being kind of doctored by Ellie with a penicillin when she doesn't know what to do. She just literally just jabs him. But here we finally get to see Joel finally getting a little bit more towards video game Joel. We're talking about Joel getting getting very serious. There's a torture scene, which is Joel does his oldest trick in this book where he tells one person to point to where it is. But this time he doesn't let him go. And this is what we get to see what kind of person Joel can be. Previously in the HBO show, Joel did the same thing. But this time he didn't kill those old people. He let those old people go. And even though this guy was telling the truth, he was like, I don't care. And a lot of people, no doubt, on the internet will probably be happy seeing The Last of Us video game Joel out there. But like I said, it's it's like it still kind of feels strange to me because I feel that injured Pedro Pascal isn't the same as the Pedro Pascal we've been seeing. But yes, he's injured. But like I said, it kind of felt like, I don't know, I, I was, wasn't really gelling with it as much as I wanted to. Finally, it gets to a great scene between Ellie and David talking to each other in the cage. Again, this is all ripped from the video game. Maybe a little line here and there are different, but definitely Bella Ramsey's performance is very strong, much more visceral. And I think this is not just a, a knock against Ashley Johnson, the actress who played Ellie in the video game. It's more just a medium. It's more of a, the medium thing between video game and TV as to how much as how great the Naughty Dog artist can be capturing the raw emotion from Bella Ramsey would have been very difficult or the, the raw emotion for Ashley Johnson. But as you can see, the raw emotion from Bella, Rams, from Bella Ramsey works really well in this moment. And this is where we finally get to see that David is a creepo. Like there's a little bit something wrong with David and that he wanted to keep Ellie alive, not just, just to add another member or not to eat her, but to literally gain her trust to, as a partner, which is yikers. So it goes into that scene. Ellie breaks his finger. We see Joel doing his thing, does a torture thing. We cut back to David's thing, and David and James are now going about to butcher Ellie. Ellie tells him, hey, I bit you. You're infected because I'm infected. She screams it out, stops James and David in her track. James has a great line. He says, David, <laughs> kind of like that. And then David says she's she's lying. If she was, she would have turned by now. And then Ellie, it, I love that play. This just shows you how smart Ellie is. It's captured very well for the HBO show. And then all of a sudden, Ellie, bang, hits Troy Baker right when the cleaver, right in the neck area. Down goes Troy Baker, dead. And David doesn't get the shots off, and he misses Ellie. And this is where it goes again. We're in the video game track. And it's chugging along, and I'm like, wow, okay, it's cool that they're able to pull off this moment. It literally looks straight from the boss fight from the video game. But to me, it's just there's there's no, it would have been nice just to know what kind of a man that David was. He talked about earlier with Ellie that he was a teacher and he turned into a preacher. Like, I wanted more of that. I wanted to see the fall of this man, or I wanted to see this this kind of infestation of violent heart that he's been talking about like don't just tell me that you're a violent heart person and don't just have lines about it i know the idea of blindly feeding people to uh, to other like feeding people to other people is this bad and dastardly 
But let me see this dude out in the real world. What was he like? Like, this is the character that was such a very shallow character in The Last of Us. That he, the only nuance that he had was Nolan North's performance and voice acting. Let me see what this guy was during pre-pandemic. Or let me see him in Pittsburgh like he talked about. Let me see him do so many bad things. Let him. Let me see him be the problem for every community that he's been. And maybe this dude is a carny in the sense of that he manipulates people and then he goes on to the next town, manipulates more people, and then goes on to the next town. Like That, to me, is much more interesting than what the video game presented. And that, to me, would have been a, a much stronger villain than what we see now. I'm not looking for sympathy for David. I just want to know what makes this dude tick rather than just being on the surface. So that happens. And like I mentioned in the video game, when Ellie is striking David in the video game, it's with a machete. Here it is a meat cleaver. This is where Joel comes in. And now the showrunners and Neil Druckmann themselves were talking about like they wanted to build up the, the notion that Joel is going to save Ellie that when you take over as Ellie, you're excited to play as Ellie, you're trying to save Joel, and the moments when Ellie gets captured, usually in cinema and all the times of books of lore of the past, the male protagonist saves the damsel in distress, which is Ellie. But this time, Ellie steps up to the plate and takes care of her business herself, which is great, which is fantastic. And they also talked about how Ellie's character, is she going to come back from going down to this vicious area or has she been broken forever but like i mentioned the best part about this entire episode is the final moment is when we finally get joel to say baby girl and it was delivered perfectly the the action between pedro and bella ramsey was done very well again the strength of the hbo show is like the same thing from the video game it's joel and ellie's relationship and Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey have done a great job of building this relationship. And also it's fascinating to me that all the social posts that the everybody, HBO, everywhere, is you really see the bond between Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal. It's a very fatherly and daughterly blonde. And that's what I enjoy watching the most. Overall, good episode. I can't believe that the next episode is literally the last one. And for those of you that have been watching this entire time, thank you so much. Please consider subscribing to the main channel and things of that sort. Continue to follow me and at me, at Sancho West. Typically, I love to do any kind of like Twitter thing, but I've been busy lately. So I do apologize for not having your tweets featured. But let me know what you think about this. And the main thing, like I mentioned before I sign off, is that we have one episode left, which is going to be the final hospital scene at the very end of the game. Now, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to wrap this up. But it's going to be a tall tale for them. Regardless, it's been awesome covering this show for you. And it's been awesome as well that this show has been made. Let me know in the comments what you think about this episode. And for the entire show. And hey, I guess your predictions for the last one. Alright, thank you so much. This has been Sancho West. And as always, endure and survive. Peace.